Astra, Doroth, Felomir, Finch, and Kurgle. The five of you crawl out from under debris and from hiding. Mestic has destroyed almost everything on the top of this mountain. The standing dormitories, the temple, the pavilion, the two-story building all destroyed in his wake. Luckily, Mestic did not move towards the library. Everything Mestic touched is on fire. Smoke circulates the area, making it hard to breathe, almost like in a forest fire. You shield your face with cloth and your elbows. Felomir, one of the first things you do is go check the inside of the library from the entrance. You can see there are small fires in the library from when Keth shot the fireball at the monster. Astra, you and Kurgle rush over to where Mestic fell. Lying in the powdered snow that is melting from the dampening heat, you see Keth. And as you look at Keth, sprinkling from the sky, rain starts to fall. I guess I'm going to probably start walking over to Keth. Okay. Uh, so you walk over and stand next to Astra and Kurgle, and you see an unconscious Keth is... Uh, body steaming. Astra's hysterical and she's just going to be trying to like shake Keth and also like using create water to try to like cool him down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, give me a medicine check with that. 17. All right. Yeah. You uh, try to cool down his body with water and some of the snow surrounding him. He immediately jolts out of unconsciousness. Keth, are, uh, are you okay? Uh, uh, I'm just going to kind of sit up and look around what happened? Uh, it happened, and I'm gonna make and give him ten good berries. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the fire giant happened. And I'm gonna devour those good berries. All right, that'll bring you up to eleven HP total. So Dorth is hiding behind debris at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been like a lingering, like shell shocked kind of thing in my head. I imagine he would have uh, been hidden behind debris during the the end of all this, and then. He's starting to peek up out, and then as soon as Keth woke up, he ducked back <laughs> behind it. Astra still has a pool of 8 HP from the Channel Divinity Preserve Life, and she's just going to, after Keth like, devours the good berries, I will heal him with the rest of those H- 8, 8 HP. And as she's uh, healing me, I'm going to frantically like start looking around to make sure that everyone is accounted for. You said you're hiding, Doris? Yes. Uh, give me a perception check. Say 23. 23. All right. Yeah. So you see Doroth. He started to peek at you. And then as he sees you're awake, he immediately hides again. <laughs> okay. And everyone else I can see. Yeah. You see Felomir kind of like peeking from a distance into the library. And then Finch, Astra, and Kurgle standing over you. And I'll uh, just kind of like look at myself. And then I'll look back at them and say, is, is everyone okay? Yeah. We're all fine. I haven't seen Doroth in a while, but I'm sure he's okay. I just saw him over there in the rubble. Look, he was hiding. Doroth, are, are you okay? I'll, I'll peek up. Is it over? I, th- I think so. Yes, yes, I, I, believe, I believe we're good. And then thank God you're okay. And thank God I'd, we're all okay. You know, it was really crazy seeing you like that, Kath. But like, uh, that zombie thing also kind of scared me a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Did, did I crush it at least? Yeah, you killed it. <laughs> Whenever you uh, turned into the fire giant, it uh you you shot fire out from you and it killed it. I'll just kind of stare blankly and like slowly nod. Maybe I'll reach out and put a hand on like Kes shoulder and look at him and I was like, "How you feeling?" And then maybe have to like pull my hand back after a while. <laughs> yeah, I won't say he's like 
touching a hot pan coming out of the oven, but he definitely does feel like he has a high fever. Yeah. I don't feel good. I'm alive, though. I'll make him ten more good berries. All right. And uh, at Kurgle's talking about the zombie uh, mech or whatever, uh, I kind of want to, like, start to be interested in that. So whenever there's a chance, I'll mosey over there. Oh, like you want to investigate the mech? The yeah, construct? The construct, yeah. That's what, I meant. what you doing, Velomir? Um, I would probably, we'll say at this point, I turn around and see Finch walk into the collector, and I'll just join him there. Okay. Just to kind of inspect that. Finch, you start to slow down as you walk closer, just because it's a little horrific for you. Velomir, you, you kind of keep your old man pace going towards it. Eventually, the two of you kind of get close to each other, maybe like 10 feet apart, and you're still 20 feet away from the construct, kind of looking at it from a distance. And it's a large being, and on its back are just all these pikes and spears that are jabbing out from its shell. And on all of these spears are just, is just a body. And you can tell that what happens is it seems like it walks over a corpse, picks it up, and puts it on a spike. And as you see the, like, not only the rotting corpses of the Crimson Command members that I mentioned that were on it, their uniforms are also quite old and rotten. And that's what makes you realize in your head that these are the bodies from Gamor on the attack. And this thing was probably lurking around in the darkness with Velmir picking up Crimson Command bodies as there was darkness over Gamor. Gonna like bring like the pit of my elbow like up over my face and just like maybe like hold back a little like... How many like bodies does it look like are on this thing? Some of them are stacked on the same spear, and we'll say that there's maybe 30 bodies on it. Good God. <laughs> wow. It doesn't have like a tortoise shell, but for the sake of looking at it, it looks like it should have a tortoise shell. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe just kind of look over at Velomir and then just maybe look above Velomir and just like collect myself for a moment. As you look up, you can just feel the rain kind of wash over you as it's starting to pick up a little bit more. Um... Is there anything about the construct that's maybe worth finding out? Like, does it... I mean, I'm wondering how close I should get to this thing. I mean, it's up to you. Like, how do you want to go about this? All right. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think I want to a- approach it, get within, like, inspecting distance. Okay. You know. uh, give me an investigation check. Can I just assist? Uh, I'm going to say that you would want to get close to assist, if so. Okay. I was thinking that I was going to say I'll put, like, a bandana around, like, my, my face or whatever to, like, try and cover up the stench and tuck the bottom like into my collar and move okay. forward. I'd say 21. So just for you guys, I pictured a little bit bigger than this in terms of uh, how many bodies can fit on it, but that's what it looks like. All I can picture was the is the thing from fucking World of Warcraft. The harvester or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Are you talking about the thing from the Barrens? Uh, it was from um, the farm, the, the Westfall. The Westfall? Yeah. The little scarecrow uh, things? Yeah. So, yeah, as you get closer to investigate it, you check out these bodies, and nothing really stands out to them, to you about them other than the fact that there are very old Crimson Command corpses on them and then also recent uh, corpses of people from the Universal Library. Okay. It's kind of collapsed on its belly, so there's not a lot you can see from, I guess, this angle. But you kind of get close to its face, and it has that that same kind of hollowness on the inside like the constructs in Laurent. We'll say that you kind of like lift its jaw, like kind of take its jaw and uh, pull it apart a little bit and try and see if you can see any kind of like gem or anything like that. 
There's no gem in this. So it does it does appear to not be holding a soul like Laurent's constructs. Okay. Uh, can, do I detect any magic from it? Not in its current state. Okay. It seems to have dampened and died out. If there was any magic that was controlling this construct, which in your experience as a wise, learned elf, you would know that there should be some sort of magic making this thing work. Mm-hmm. You also can't tell if the metal of this construct is copper or if it's bloodstained. It's another weird element about this thing is, has it collected so much blood on its hull that it's actually bloodstained or is it copper? Well, this thing's rather gruesome. It, it appears it was used in Gamor, it seems, and not again till here, at least based on the attire of these corpses. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, and then I'm, I'm here just there, sitting but... there, maybe muttering. It's just awful. Well, let's go uh, rejoin everybody and see what we can do about this library, and then I'll head in everyone else's direction. Okay. So yeah, the construct was probably like 50 feet from the library, and then the uh, everyone else is another like 60 feet the opposite direction. Uh, one more thing too: Do I see any remnants from any of the specters, or is it they're just gone? Oh, yeah, they're just gone. Okay. And so the five of you plus Kurgle have regrouped, and we'll say that Astra, Kurgle, and, well, probably not Doroth. You're still probably taking a distance. Uh, by now, he's stood up and brushed himself off, but he's definitely not trying to get within 10 feet. Okay. So, yeah, from a, in like a 30-foot circle, everyone kind of gathers. So you guys plan on going in there, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, think I have to. Okay. Indeed. One more thing before we do this. And I will just, like, uh, close my eyes and just be like, Doroth makes everything better. And do a mask your wounds. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone gets 15. Does that include me? Uh, Is it a certain number of creatures? Up to six. So, yeah. I mean, there are six people here. That can't include you. Okay, cool. (laughs) Hell yeah. Thanks, Doroth. Don't mention it. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I feel a lot better. I feel back to normal. Uh, how are you doing, by the way? We we didn't see you at all through all this chaos. I was protecting myself. Hey, well, I'm glad to see that you're okay. And I'll say that, like, with Kath recuperating and Doroth doing that and y'all investigating, that, that probably takes up some time and just, you know, getting over the shock, the shell shock. We'll also go ahead and consider this part a short rest. It's probably not a full hour, but I'll go ahead and give it to you. Sweet. I guess I'll slowly stand up, just kind of wobble a little bit as I get my bearings. And I'll say, well, I, I guess it's a good thing I did destroy the library. Huh. Yes, yeah, silver linings. Uh, kind of close there. And we also did find out that you do transform back after a certain amount of time. How, how long was it? About 10 minutes or so. Well, that's good to know, at least. Yes, silver linings, as I look around. <laughs> Very scary 10 minutes, but at least it was only 10 minutes. I'll just look down at the ground and say, I'm sorry, guys. It's not your fault, man. And she can't help it. Well, we also found out we could potentially charm you or restrain you in some capacity. Really? Yes. Like when I messed it? Yes, I, uh, I casted a spell that um, incapacitated you for a brief time. That's, that's good. That's really good. So we, we gained a, a bit of knowledge, at the very least. Okay. Okay, good, good. Yeah, honestly, probably the most important thing to come out of that whole situation is, yeah, we can actually... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's, that's real good. But 
It would be great if we could just never have to do that again, right? That would be the best outcome, yes. Yeah. Um, perhaps you should be a little more cautious going forward, Kev. Yeah, you're probably right. I was too reckless. Well, I suppose we should get in there before it all burns up. As we see the smoke just billowing out of the front door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like... It's like there's multiple campfires inside. It's not mm. like there's, like, a raging bonfire or anything yet. <laughs> I would say that if you want to maybe dampen those fires, you probably want to rush to that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll start walking that way after I say that. I take two greater healing potions out of my backpack and just, like, kind of slyly hand them to Keth. Uh, you know, <laughs> Put them in his backpack. Just in case. Thank you. Walking in, as we're walking by the, the fallen statue of Kristoff, I'll just whisper under my breath, rest in peace, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the six of you head towards the library. You enter into the library building. From the outside, this building was big. But on the inside... It's enormous. It's quiet, other than the crackle of fire from torches and, well, the lingering effects of Keth's fireball. The torches can be seen in the distance on the walls around you, and crude chandeliers from the ceiling trailing into the depths of this lengthy library. From where you are, you can see the walls on the left and the right side, and you could have assumed you could see the back wall, but bookshelves and hallways stretch into the shadows to the back of the library and it seems forever extending. There is a large circular desk in the lobby of the library, and near an exit from behind the desk, you see a dried blood trail. What is that over there? I'll start to walk towards the blood trail. Looks like blood. Is anyone walking with him? Yeah, I'll follow. Yeah. Yes. After the combat, Dorth, I will need confirmation on your following. I'll stay close behind. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I just want to make sure I understand what Dorth's doing in these scary situations. He's probably, like, he'll stay with the group, but he is at a constant, at least, I need a head start if this shit goes down again gotcha. from, from Keth. So Keth kind of takes the lead on walking up, and then Finch kind of spoke up first and started following behind. Uh, Astra, Dorth, and Philomir, can you give me perception checks? Seven. Ten. I'm going to give you advantage, actually, Felomir, because of Devil's Sight. Twelve. Something catches your eye about Finch as he's walking in front of you, but then, like, it it seemed odd. Like, maybe your eyes were adjusting to this area, and, you know, your Devil's Sight kind of kicks in and out as you move from dark to light areas. It's real smoky in here. Yeah, it's real smoky. You don't really know what was going on there, but you don't see it again as you, like, kind of turn your eyes and you saw to your peripheral, try to catch it, and you didn't see anything. So you thought maybe it was just, like, a glint in your eye. Great. <laughs> As you move closer to this large circular desk, Keth and uh, Finch, you kind of peek at this exit from the circular desk and you see that dried blood trail and you can see a body that's maybe two weeks old at this point. It's kind of rotted over quite bad and it's in half. Like it crawled on its hands, not its knees. So like sliced or like torn? Torn, oh, busted, God. broken, <laughs> busted. <laughs> Smashed. How many adjectives you got? Probably not <laughs> sliced, if that's what you're yeah, hoping Yeah, not for. like just cut in half like with scissors or something. <laughs> More smashed, probably from the collector. Rip. Smashed, but then somehow <laughs> still crawled. So somehow lived through it a little bit, or could be a could have been undead, maybe? I don't know. 
Either well, that or this guy's like got the major adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, like if you get your legs crushed or whatever, like you still got your vitals, but I mean you yeah, not you get, for long. You got a couple of seconds. First ten minutes of saving private Ryan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I feel like we brought that movie up last week. We too. did, I yeah. Think we did. Yeah. <laughs> we got a real private Ryan vibe going on with this art. Jesus. Um and it is an acolyte. They have the robes on. Uh the typical well, you know, they have the robes on. But uh, yeah, this seems to be a librarian that was caught by the collector. It looks like he didn't escape the collector either. Maybe look around the room. After you get yourself over that, you look down the center aisle and you do see how some bookshelves have been blown to the side. Like It's like a wider center aisle than you probably think there should be. And uh, bookshelves and books have fallen over and you see charred marks and flames along each side of this aisle. Fireball alley, if we will. <laughs> it rings a bell. <laughs> so we we just find it, right? We just we just find the book of Vorin. It's in the V section, right? There. I'm sure there must be a some sort of directory around here. I'm gonna look for. Is there like a a, a directory? A card catalog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do they file books in Aces? Um, yeah, I was trying to I think mean, of a funny Dewey Decimal pun, but I, I mean, couldn't. <laughs> I would say there's probably card catalogs in most libraries or archives. Uh, I wouldn't say they have a computer system, so they would have to have some sort of way of doing it. It would be magical. Um, uh, we'll say that you kind of move behind the circular desk looking for something, uh, kind of avoiding the gory body, but Felomir seems to have a tougher stomach than most. Give me a investigation check as you look for a card catalog. Also, by the way, I would like to have the tech magic just on while I'm in here. Okay. Unless it's like overwhelmingly magical everywhere. Okay. 21. All right. So you do end up finding a series of drawers behind the circular desk, and it is a card catalog. Um, there's multiple drawers, and as you pull at one, you the desk is probably, you know, three feet wide, and you pull it, and it just keeps going. Oh, my. It goes all the way to the center of this open circular desk, which is probably about an extra 10 feet than the three, so 13 feet from the... And open it all the way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you open it up all the way, and you just, you're completely overwhelmed with how many cards there are for this mm. catalog. This is we'll say it is alphabetical and as you pull a card just a random card to look at it it's not only mentioning the aisle in the library and then the bookcase but it's also mentioning the specific shelf then it goes into like not just a number but also a letter so there might be multiple aisles that have same numbers and then multiple shelves that have same numbers which is why they also need the letter it's very complex so i can tell that there's an aisle first Aisle. How is that? Is it a number and a letter? The aisle is no, because it's only 100 feet wide, mm -hmm. the room, the whole library. So there's only a couple. We'll say there's like 20 aisles. But there's no telling how far they go back. You, there's no telling. Yeah. There's no telling how far they go back. So the aisle is one through 20 or whatever. Yeah. And then the bookcase is a, this one specifically is bookcase 97. So just a number. Just a number. And then the shelf is a number and a letter. How how many digits is the number? The number will be, it'll it'll be a single digit. Okay. And then the letter will be a single letter. Okay. And then the specific placement on the bookshelf, I assume would just be a number. I think it just goes with the shelf. It doesn't go with the place on the shelf. Okay. All right. But it, it's very confusing. It's not normal. Right. You've had experience in libraries and archives. You've had experience with card catalogs. It definitely seems askew, and it's probably because how big this place probably mm -hmm. is. I'll just uh, 
probably have the card like in my hand, looking at it for a good 30 seconds and just like scratching my head. Well, this is an interesting filing system. And I'll just look up at the library. Um, okay, V, V, and I'll just put the card back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you go to the Vs, and then we'll assume you go to the o Bos, and then to the Rs. You find several books, and I say several, I mean hundreds of cards that have Vorin in the title. When you look for a title, specifically Vorin, comma, book of, that's my first guess. You actually do find one. Oh. It's not marked with an aisle or a bookcase or a shelf. It has no markings. It's almost <laughs> it was in a classified section. So it's just a card that says Book of Warren? And then just, yeah, blank. Nothing. Is it magical at all? The card itself? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, great. Well, then, well, I think I found the, the card in the catalog. What does that mean? It means the book is here. Where? Oh, good. Uh, it doesn't say. Of course. Um, what kind of directory is this? I assume uh, a book of that caliber, they probably wouldn't want to be found. So they didn't keep it with the rest. Classified, if you will. Yes, uh, that makes sense. So, basically, this book isn't going to be on any of these shelves. I... Or it might be on one shelf. We just don't know which one. Maybe they have a room where they lock all the imported books up. That would be my first guess. So we should probably look for a secret room or something? Or maybe by chance there's a librarian still alive somewhere around here. That's quite a long shot, but if we find one, we can ask. Well, I suppose we should try to go find this classified area, room, maybe? Yeah, we gotta start looking at some point, so... Well, let's, let's get to it. I'll climb out from behind the desk. Okay. And uh, how do y'all want to go about this? Are y'all staying together in a specific aisle, or do y'all want to spread out across the 100-foot-wide room? Or, I'm sorry, I said the walls are 100 feet from the center, so it's a 200-foot-wide. Before we split up, too, I'm also going to... Philomir, do you think if you pulled out the Book of Orn we have, that would somehow help direct us towards it? I don't think so. The only thing I've heard about this library is that whenever a book is created, a copy appears here. Uh, and I don't think having the original copy would help you locate it. Wait, hold on, just so I know how this works, and I'm going to take my backpack off and put it down, and I'm just going to reach into my backpack and grab a bunch of, like, sheets of paper. If I just took this and bound it together, a copy of this would end up here. Well, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but that is what they say. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, uh, I have a spell that might help locate the book. Oh, really? Yeah. Has Astra seen the book? Uh, yes. We, we all saw it. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you still have the book in your library, right? Yes. Maybe having it or looking at it again might might help. But um, I, I can find an item uh that's similar or the same of its kind. Uh, within a proximity, so if, if I see the book, I'm, I might be able to find the its twin. Ah, yes. Well, what's the proximity? It's a thousand feet, or you know, the general direction, or if it's moving. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Are you referring to the locate object spell? Yes, that's the one. Ah, uh, yes, I've read of it. Uh, that may be useful. One moment, and I'll just kind of find a clearing and 
open up the library. Okay. Uh, yeah, you find a nice area in the lobby. Just open up your library and walk on in. Grab that book of Warren. All right. So uh, y'all see, you know, his uh, this magical library pop out that kind of brightens the room for a moment as it emits a luminous aura, illuminating aura, um, and then he disappears inside. And Philomir, you grab the book of Vorn, still in its same spot. Nothing uh, strange in there. But as you grab it, <laughs> here we go. Give me a wisdom save. Nine. <laughs> so you uh, take the book in your hand and you walk out into the out of your library. And as you step out of the library, you hear in your head so close. The light dims from the library a little bit for all of you to see. You can sense the light kind of dim as well as the, as it exits the library. And it starts to brighten again and everything seems normal. And I'm still like fine. I just heard that. Yeah, you just heard it. Oh. The library dimmed. I've never seen it do that before. I've seen that face. He's in your head, isn't he? Uh, I assume you guys didn't hear anything, did you? I didn't hear a thing. No. What did you hear? It was just a whisper. Uh, is he still in the library? No, he stepped out. It said so close. Uh. But not a familiar voice, I don't believe. Perhaps it was Vorn? That would make sense. What did it sound like? It was just a, a whisper. Very... No, he he would whisper. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, okay, well, I've seen it. You can put it back in your library and, and close it up now. Okay. Um, I don't like that. 180 degree turn. <laughs> All right. So as you move towards your library and you start to take it inside, holding it in front of you, the book hits the door of the library as it won't go in. But the door is open. Yes. Um... Well, go on, Philomir. <laughs> I'm going to just sort of like 180 degree around the book to where like I go in the library and then I'm going to try to like pull it in. All right. So y'all see him turn around and walk in backwards and then you see his the knuckles of his hand gripped on the book as the book stops at the entrance of the I'm going to, my eyes library. are going to get a little wide. I'm going to walk up to him and start trying to push it in. <laughs> start trying to help. Um, as you touch the book, Finch, please give oh, me fuck. a wisdom save. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Ooh. 11. You also hear in your head, So close. The blood of Helltrone is within you. You are thine enemy. As the light of the library dims again as you're hearing this, and then it starts to brighten as it fades away from your mind. And then you see my face sticking out of the library, <laughs> staring directly at you. Back up, start saying, get it off me, get it off me. <laughs> what, what happened? It talked to me, it talked, I said, so, so close. That's <laughs> <laughs> sarcastic, so close. <laughs> it's, it's, I know that voice, it's the same one. It said, so close, you are the, Something about I'm the blood of Helltro and I am thine enemy. It's foreign. Yeah, it's 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 gotta be. But it won't go back in the library. <laughs> as I'm just yanking the book, trying to force it in. The heck. I'll cast Mage Hand and try to pick it up and like force it in the library with the Mage Hand. Okay. You put your Mage Hand up against it and try to push as well, and it it does not seem to take to going back into Felomir's library. What the hell? Well, this isn't good. No, uh, what do we do? Can we bind it? 
We don't want this to get opened, right? Well, I think it's uh. it's got a latch on it, right? They were trying to break it open with. Yeah, there's like a, a magical lock that's very tight around the book. But as y'all are doing this as well, everyone now give me perception checks except for Finch. Or no, Finch, give it to me with disadvantage. 13. Uh, 23. 12. 9. 16. Keth, as you're watching this happen and, you know, just kind of confused about what all's happening, you look over at Finch and his side satchel where the orbs are. You see the orbs, the green and red orbs specifically glowing in a pulse from inside the satchel. Uh, uh, guys, so something's happening and I'm going to point at the satchel on Finch's side. I'm going to, like, look down and be like, huh? The orbs. I'm going to check and make sure all three of them are there, right? All, all three of them are there. Just the black one has a very dim aura or dim light that's kind of pulsing from within it. Mm -hmm. um, but each of these three orbs are pulsing in the same time, same tempo, and it's a very slow pulse. And the green and red are brighter. And the green and red are brighter just because they are more. Yeah, they're the same, like, mm. gotcha. Lumians or whatever. Were they pulsing whenever the uh, guys were performing the ritual to try to open up the book? Because they were using the orbs to do that, right? I don't remember if they were pulsing. I don't think they were. They were just bright and illuminate, like illuminated. Um, but they were also shooting. They were taking arcane energy from the well and shooting it at the book. Right. Uh, how's my detect magic doing? Uh, your detect magic is obviously catching the Book of Vorin and the orbs. Usually the orbs are not magical, but mm. right now they are. Outside of that, the only thing you're catching is a book on a bookshelf near you every once in a while. Mm. Uh, maybe probably spell books or just magical books in general. Uh, nothing that really stands out to you. Okay. I'm assuming I noticed the orbs after Keth points it out. Yes. Um, I'm going to start looking around. Um, kind of concerned that maybe the orbs are in danger and that's why they're, why they're reacting. Okay. Um, you just want to like look around the area for enemies in general. Yeah. Uh, give me a perception check. 18. So you kind of drift away from the group, you know, 10, 20 feet, kind of looking down aisles, looking for anything. No movements, no weird shadows, no silhouettes. Nothing seems to be around you. Okay. Thelamir, uh, I don't know if the the orbs flashing might mean they're in danger, but um, assuming he still is holding the Book of Orin. Yeah. I wonder if it has something to do with the book being this close to the orbs. I wonder if, if you separate more. If It would make sense. I mean, I've heard they seem to be more active when they're in danger, and this book is rather dangerous. I mean, we saw... The Thelmir and the Mind Flayer trying to use them to open the book, so that would make sense. I'll start backing away to test the theory. Okay. So yeah, you'll kind of back away. We'll say maybe you get 50 feet apart. Nothing seems to change. Okay. Maybe um, I can put the orbs in the library. Do you say that out loud? In jest, but yeah. Can I try and walk in? Uh, no one can enter but me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. Well, I... I Still going to try to find that other book, and I'll start casting a locate object. Hold on. I got to know something real quick. <laughs> Finch, <laughs> are you right now questioning if you can trust Felomir? No, no, no. That's Felomir. not okay, it. Okay. I'm not like, questioning what? if I can trust Felomir. It's more along the lines, is that a good decision, knowing he's the only one that can get in there, just more or less if he dies, or... Um. I, well, just an experiment. Or if anyone were to use him to get into it, because I've he's now the only one that can get to it, like I'd well, be putting him in danger as well by by putting them there. 
Well, just an experiment. I won't go in. I'll just stick my head and my hand in. It's a different plane of existence, so they will be separated. If they stop glowing, we know that's why they are glowing. Okay, it's it's definitely worth worth a shot. I'm going to take my little satchel off and or make sure I got the lid all nice and tight, the flap to keep the orbs in there, and kind of like come up to Philomir, I guess extending one hand to take the book and one hand to give. Okay. Uh, wait, what? One moment. Uh, just set them on the ground. I'll set them on the ground. So you set the satchel on the ground? Yeah. Okay. And then I'll hand him the book. Okay. You take the book? Yeah. Give me a wisdom save. I don't feel like it should be on the ground. I feel like it would just start flying like somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 11. Something feels off. You feel paranoia. Maddening. You feel empty. You feel dead. Give me a constitution save. 13. You pass out. You faint. He drops the book to the ground and falls backwards. I rush over uh, to him. Yeah. I like the back of my head to hit the ground and bleed a little bit. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> take one that. point of damage. <laughs> if that's what you want. Yeah, you I take mean, one point of damage. Yeah. Astro would like to catch the book with Mage Hand, if possible. Give me a dexterity sleight save. Hand? Or a sleight of hand. I'll give you a sleight of hand. <laughs> I have a higher sleight of hand. That's an 11. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, no one has made a save in so long. So you send your mage hand out real quick, and it, like, the book hits the mage hand flat, but then it just bounces off the mage hand and hits the ground. It hits face down to where the lock kind of clinks against the stone, and it hear, you can hear the lock that metal here hitting stone just kind of echo throughout the library. Mm, I'm going to quickly pick it up with Mage Hand after that. Okay, so you pick it up with Mage Hand. I'll take out some water from a water skin and splash it on uh, Finch's face. Okay, uh, give me a constitution save with your medicine check. Critical Mist will just waterboard him. <laughs> 13. 12. So you uh, splash some water on his face as people kind of panic about the book hitting the ground and everything. Finch, your, your eyes flutter open pretty quickly. Um, it seems like you fainted for literally maybe 10 seconds. The orbs. The orbs. <laughs> I kind of started trying to like blink myself back up, like feel that my head's throbbing a little bit, kind of like stretch an arm out. Like, Finch, are you okay? Uh, the That freaking book, man. What happened? I just felt like I died. I'm alive, right? Yeah, you just you just passed out. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're fine? I'll sit up and, like, pat the back of my head, look at the blood, like, yeah, I think I'm all right. And then I'll look at you, see what you're doing with my orbs. <laughs> They're still on the ground. Okay. <laughs> I haven't touched them yet. Okay, maybe nobody else touched the book as I, like, am floating it in the air <laughs> with Mage Hand. Uh, are the orbs still glowing? Uh, yes, they're still pulsing. A very slow tempo. All right, I guess I'll go ahead and try this. I'll just pick up the satchel. Okay. And I want to just have it, like, open, like, with two hands so I can see it, and I want to stick the satchel and my hands and my head into my library. Okay. So you go, you know, stick your half your body in with the orbs, and they do go inside, and they don't stop pulsing, though. Uh, I'm going to keep them in there and just turn my head back out and say, uh, they're still pulsing. I'm so, going to look at them. How do you feel about hanging on to them for a little while? How do you feel about me hanging on to them for a little while? Uneasy, but not because of you. But 
after this, something is up with this book, something is up with these orbs, and if I can't stay conscious, you know? Well, it seemed you passed out when you touched the book. And you both touched the book. Yeah, and you both heard the creepy voice. I don't know, maybe I'll get up and start to walk over towards the door of his thing. Of the library? Yeah, I'm like, uh, maybe I'll, I'll hang on to him. Because I think deep down that's what Finch wants to do anyways. <laughs> I mean, but I was testing the wires of trying to be a little safer, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than probably happy to keep hanging on to him. Uh, of, of course. And then I'll just pull the satchel back out and uh, hand it back to him. Okay. I was really expecting like a Lord of the Rings moment with but why not? I, I, uh, are you sure? <laughs> and I don't let go of the bag. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, make sure they're all nice and look at them pulse for a second and then cinch it around my waist real nice and tight. Okay. Well, what should we do with the book? Well, we're still trying to locate the copy, right? We are. However, if I remember reading that spell correctly, if this one's in a closer location, you'll only find it. Could we make a hut around the book. That would give us at least eight hours, wouldn't it? I'm not sure if that would affect the locate spell at all. Never tried it. Just don't know that if any of us can carry it, and if we should leave it unprotected. I mean, we can carry it, just not in our hands. Just throw it in a backpack again. Well, the issue, I believe, is that we can't locate the copy if this one is closer. (sighs) But what if I just, you put the book in my bag and I, well, no, I don't want to go outside alone with the book. Well, you would have to scale the mountain to get far away enough. At least I think so. And I'll stare down the long hallway of the library. Yeah, you don't see an end in sight. So I can describe or name an object that is familiar to me and locate that object if it's within a, a thousand feet. But alternatively, I can locate the nearest object of a particular kind, such as a certain kind of apparel, jewelry, furniture, tool, or weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming if it's the same kind of book, then... Yes, but this unless this one is more than a thousand feet away, it would be this one. You would just ping off on this one. Sure. You could try it. I cast locate object. Do you cast locate object normally, or do you want to tap into... I'm using the eye of Hinnet. Okay. All right. Are you going to go about this in a ritualistic way with Oystrich and everything again? Um. Well, I am already floating Mage Hand, the book with Mage Hand. Um, I'll go ahead and hold Oystrich with my normal hand. and. Uh, here, allow me, and I'll cast Mage Hand and take the book. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, I'll float Oystrich up with my Mage Hand then and okay. just kind of focus on him. Okay. First, is there anything you're putting up as an offering? Only 34 gold pieces. It doesn't have to be just gold. It can be an object. Uh, Maybe somebody could donate to the event. What are you looking for, Astra? Trying to find a a token or something to maybe help this ritual spell uh, some some kind of offering. Yes, you do need an offering for that spell, I believe. I think I still have a bunch of gems. Okay. So I'll pull out that bag of gems and just... uh, hold it out towards Astra and say, uh, what about these? Would these work? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Keth. And I'll just take a couple of them. Are these the head gems that we just found? Oh, I do have the head head gems. Yeah, I have some of those too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, these were from the school. I just had a miscellaneous bag of gems. And we never did any kind of count on them, right? Nope. So what just fell out of the sack was two rubies one sapphire, four emeralds, and two topaz. 
Oh, that's all of the contents. No, of the that's bag? just what fell out of. The oh, sack okay. As oh, you okay. offered to like give some to her, we're fucking loaded. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I just listened to the episode where you're like counting the last eight gold on the bar counter. You have thousands of gold in that bag, probably. <laughs> I'll grab the two topaz, because in Stardew, those are the cheapest ones. <laughs> so you're going to go with your cheapest option of no, those? No, just I think they look nice. Okay. They look expensive. All right. I'll grab the two topaz and be like, oh, these, these should work. So if you know in your heart that they're the cheapest ones... But they look expensive. But who's looking? (laughs) I'll take a ruby, too. (laughs) All right, so two topaz and a a ruby? Yes. Holding Oystrich with my mage hand. Um, I want to kind of focus on him. And then I kind of want to, like, float float the gems, like, around him. Okay. So you squat down, and you hold Oystrich with your mage hand, and then... Felomir is holding the book with his mage hand close to you, and you're holding the gems in the palm of your hands. And as you close your eyes and start to cast this this ritual spell, the gems start to float out of your hand and circle around Oystrich. All five of you, which includes Kurgle, see these gems float around Oystrich, whose eyes have glazed over. And as Astra opens her eyes, her eyes have glazed over. And As the ritual continues, the gems start to splinter and shatter. Not in a dangerous way, but they just kind of pop into shards of gem dust. And they begin to just float and turn to nothing away from Oystrich. And Astra, you get this weird vision as you, as almost like a flying bird or something kind of zooms into the library and it kind of hovers over your group for a brief moment, and it looks down and it looks at the Book of Vorn that is being held by Felomir's mage hand. And then as it sees that, and kind of it it makes you acknowledge that book, locating it, if you would say, it then starts to fly at an extreme speed deeper into the library. And it flies, and it flies, and it flies. You don't get a specific distance, But as it gets to the back wall of the library, it stops at a red door. This red door is made of metal, and it's not like a bright red door. It's a very dark, lush red, but engraved and protruding from the door is the face of a demon. False door. Okay. We need the big key. (laughs) (laughs) Astra will come out of it. She's just going to kind of look around. Uh, I saw a red door. I, I think it's this way. And I'll just kind of get up. Um, and start walking? And start walking uh, towards the door, not like immediately go to it, but just walking in the general direction. And I'll take, um, or I'll still be holding uh, Oystrich in front of me with my mage hand. Wait, wait so you, you found it? I kind of got led in the in the direction, I think. it. I think it, it brought me to the general direction. There's this red door and if it's it's thick enough it it might not be able to you know go through and show me exactly what's behind it but i think it it's got to be through that door it uh it didn't look like a very inviting door it, it seemed to have the face of a demon on it oh that sounds like the one well sounds like it worked let's go sure i mean yeah 
That's what we're here for, right? And and you're you're saying it's somewhere that way? As I just look into the vastness of... Seems to be at the end of the library this way. How how far do you think it was? Uh, I don't... I'm not sure. It it was kind of... It happened really fast. Well, I imagine we just walk until we hit the back wall. Well, of course. It's not like there's going to be more than one back wall. We just start walking, right? Well, yes, that's what we will do, but I just was curious how far it may actually be. I don't see the end, as I glance once again down the long hallway. Well, when you walk, when we've done all this walking down the road, do you see the end of the road ever? You just walk. Oh, it's just, uh, it's just strange. This whole magical library thing is really throwing me off. The building doesn't look this big from the outside. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> what a strange thing. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll put a hand on the oars. Yeah. yeah, I don't really understand this place, but I think we should start walking. Uh, yes, let us let us go. I think I've been to a place like this before. They called it a fun house. There was a lot of mirrors everywhere, though, that time I did it. But it seemed to go on forever with all the mirrors, you know? Yeah, I know. That's why, that's why it makes me feel like I'm looking in a fun house mirror. Like the one that makes you look really tiny and really fat. And then you look at the next one and it makes you really tall and really skinny. As you wander around the library heading deeper into the shadows, you find multiple bodies that have been completely destroyed and rotted over. Bloodstains splatter all over the shelves, books, and floor in some places. Eventually you come across the back wall. It took roughly a 1,500-foot journey. This should be way off the side of the mountain. But there are five doors on this wall. The first on the left is a red metal door. A metal sculpture of a demon's face protrudes from the door. There is no handle nor hinges on Mm. this side of the door. No. We'll never get it. The second from the left is a blue metal door. Engraved from the bottom to the top are ocean waves that fade into a night sky. There is no handle nor hinges visible on this side of the door. The middle door is a crude wooden door that is fully ajar. The wood appears old and rotted. It appears it could fall off at any moment. The fourth door is a green metal door with an engraving of a large billowing tree from bottom to top. There is no handle nor hinges on this side of the door. The fifth door is a black metal door with no engraving or decoration, just a dark, soot-like black coating. There's no handle nor hinges on this side of the door. Above the five doors is a faint engraving covered in the dust of the wall. Give me investigation checks to try and read this large faded engraving. Can I read it? It's kind of covered by dust, which is why I won't just give it to you. Whatever. Eleven. 11, 12, 20, 8. Well, Felomir, you still are able to read it. And it says, the vaults. The vaults, plural? Plural. The vaults, huh? I'm just staring up at it. Uh, Do I detect any magic? All four metal doors are magical. The wooden door is not. Because the wooden door, you said it was a jar. Is it kind of uh, like bulging out or bulging in? Or like a jar in or out. Um, the yeah, the wooden door that's fully ajar is it? Somebody pulled it open. Okay. Uh, can I see down what's through the wooden door? Sure. 
Uh, you step up and you look into the corridor of this door and it goes down five stairs and it goes to a straight concrete path. And on the left and right side of this path are very old bookshelves with very dusty, very rotted books and scrolls and parchments. Well, it looks like there's some books down here, but you said it was through this door and I'll point towards the red door. Yes, that's that's the one that I saw. I'm going to approach the red door. Okay. As you approach the red door, Finch, uh, you kind of feeling uneasy and knowing about the pulsing, you've kind of paid attention to the orbs a little bit more as you've moved further into this back, this end of the library. At this point, the pulsing of that light on those orbs is getting a lot faster. Hey, uh, I, I think the orbs are freaking out a little bit. We'll kind of lift the flap a little bit so they see like the disco party going on inside. <laughs> Where it was maybe pulsing every three seconds before, it's now pulsing every second. Does Dorth suffer from epilepsy? I mean, that's up to you, but I would think as a performer, you probably would choose not to. <laughs> Dorth falls to the ground. <laughs> Turns out you've never actually performed. You just get on stage. <laughs> I'm like, sucker punch. <laughs> it's all just in my head. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that movie. I'm sorry. I'll spoil the shit out of that movie. That was a waste of time, dude. What do you think it means? I think it means we're getting close to the Book of Orin. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm unsure right now. We need to figure out how to open this door, and I'll start just kind of feeling on the demon face. Uh, so, Keth and Felomir at the red door with demon face. Uh, you start to fill around on it. Give me investigation checks. 17. 14. Neither of you find anything that hints at how to open this door. Felomir, give me an arcana check. 10. Reasoning-wise, you would think that there is some sort of passcode that would open this door. And not knowing the passcode, it might be fruitless to even try. Or color. Leave a Tanya. Leave a I'll pull out the red orb just to see if anything happens in front of it. Just because. Okay. So yeah, you pull out the red orb, holding it in your hand, keeping the other two in your satchel, and you walk towards the door and kind of put it close and use it kind of like yeah, maybe it's like, like a, a stud key. finder. <laughs> see, like a stud finder. Maybe it's like a key or something, and it doesn't seem to be doing anything different. Okay, I'll just put it back up. The magic that this door is giving off leads me to believe that it may be some sort of password to open it. Although I don't know what it could possibly be. Maybe we could find it in this door and point towards the wooden one. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be... The only door we're going to be able to get in, I would assume the other three doors are the same way as this one. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I believe all of the other doors have a similar sort of magical aura, so a password is what I would think would be the way to enter, so perhaps we should check the center. Yeah, well, sounds good to me. It is five steps leading down to a five-foot-wide hallway, so I will need a marching order. Um, I want to say Felomir or Finch. I don't remember which one of you said it first. I'll go first. Okay, Finch is first, then Felomir. I'll go next. Dorth is last, definitely. <laughs> I'll follow Keth. Okay, and then it'll be Kurtle between Dorth and Astra then at the fifth spot. You start trekking down this hallway. After walking about 200 feet, an obstacle comes into view. And you started hearing something maybe about 150 feet away from this pit. But you hear the clanking of metal. It's not intimidating. It's not terrifying. It actually sounds like 
sort of familiar. And as you get close, you realize why it sounds familiar. It sounds like the kitchen of a tavern as pots and pans fall from the ceiling and into the pit. And then there's a brief moment of silence. And then pots and pans fall from the ceiling again. And why you're hearing them clank is because not only are they clanking against each other, but as they kind of bounce around and find different paths down, you notice that sometimes when they're in the center, they hit something and bounce to the side. And then they just keep falling endlessly. The pit is 20 feet across, and it is definitely man-made. It's not something that recently has happened. It seems to be an obstacle designed for this hallway. And as you step closer to it, uh, Finch, you can, you step and like look over the ledge and there's nothing for you to cross that you can visibly see, but seeing those pots and pans hit something in the center and bounce off, you kind of move your hand along the ledge and you find that there is a, about a six inch invisible beam going across the pit. And as you bring your head back up, you then see a half eaten slice of pizza fall into the pit from above and then you start remembering that one and you see it fall over and over and over again. Is that the first mention of pizza <laughs> in Four Orbs? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a heavy ass no. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the first time that it, that pizza has been mentioned. Maybe to you. Oh. Mm. I, I wonder, wonder in what episode it could possibly <laughs> be <laughs> I guess I'll find out when I leave tonight. <laughs> Why is someone just throwing a bunch of pans in this pit? <laughs> <laughs> what is that delicious looking morsel? It's pots and pans, not pits and pans. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> well, I don't know how this stuff got here, but I I get the idea that it, it's an endless pit. It the same thing, this this slice of food keeps going over and over. Um, but I, I did find there's like a kind of like a balancing beam over here. It's invisible, but I, I think it's the way across. You, you can see the stuff hitting it over there, and I'll point towards the middle. Uh, real quick question. Okay. So we went down the stairs, hallway 200 feet roughly yep. to this point. Yep. There were just bookcases, like very old, rotted bookshelves. Like just all the way up to the five foot. Oh, no, they're still Part. here on the side, too. They go across the pit. Okay, but it was, like, on... It's still a five-foot walkway. Like, yes. it's just one bookcase on either side. Yes. It acts as the wall, essentially. Yes. Okay. Uh, can I see what's on the other side of the pit? Can I keep looking? The path continues into... Further than I can see? Yes. Okay. Well, I could tie rope around the beam and then around Wait, my waist. What beam? This one. I'll, I'll knock on it, like, just slightly off the edge so you can see that there's something there. Ah, I guess, I guess it's invisible? Yes. And, and then, so then at least there'd be a safety line in case you were to fall off. I'll kind of look at the pots and pans hit in the middle. I'll be like, could maybe your mage hands at least move the pots and pans off of our path? As you watch that, watch them fall, pondering if it's possible, all of you, you realize that they're not falling in the same straight line over and over again because they're pots. So air catches them and turns mm. them. And so there appears to be no way to kind of keep them out of your your trajectory unless you just catch them and move them out of the way. Well, I can get myself and one other person across. I can get myself across. Yeah, I can get myself across too. Yeah, I could get across that. I mean, this rope thing is the best idea I got, but I think I think I can handle it. 
Uh, Finch, you're up first. Uh, how do you want to do this? All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to get take one into my rope and tie it like around the beam and try and get a nice, uh, like loose enough to where you obviously can walk with it. Okay. Uh, but the knot, knot needs to be obviously tight to not break. How long do you want the slack to be between you and the beam? Probably just like uh, maybe like six feet that way like but it's around the waist so i can still stand and move comfortably but if i sure. fall i won't go too far all right so you want to do a uh, an acrobatics check maybe to get across the beam sure do you okay. want me to roll anything for tying or just uh yeah go ahead and give me a dexterity save as well for that 21 all right and then the acrobatics to walk across the beam 12 uh you have a couple maybe missteps but you catch yourself because it's only a five foot wide hallway so you can like kind of bounce yourself off the wall and the shelves and so as you start to lean one side or the other you kind of push yourself back into position easily and uh you make your way across and it's a 20 foot thing that you just did but you get to cross and you untie the rope from the beam and you're across all right I'll look back and give a thumbs up that looked easy Bellamir, you're up next how do you want to do this um who, who's behind me kath uh yes kath is behind you Okay. Um, who, mm, uh, Kath, you said you had a way to cross? Yeah, just walk across the beam like Finch did. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll look behind me. Look at Dorth and Astro, who both said they can make their way across. I'll, then I'll look at Kurgle. If Kath can do it, I can do it. I mean, <laughs> Finch just did it, so I'll walk across it, too. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, you can take me if <laughs> I can save us. A spell for later. All right, well, come here. All right, so Asher, you squeeze through the grouping and get to Felomir. And I'll dimension door across. All right. So the two of you appear behind Finch on the other side. Oh, that was a neat one. I like that. Uh, then, Keth, you're up next. So I'll uh, approach the beam, and I'm going to hold my arms, like, out. Okay. Fairly tall. How uh, how close to, like, touching the sides am I? Uh, how tall is Keth? Uh, like seven two, I think. Yeah, so okay. you've got that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I think you've arm got like spread. yeah, you've got the arm spread all the way to the wall, so okay. you can basically balance yourself completely. So I'll just balance myself across the wall and kind of scooch across the the beam. All right, so give me a acrobatics check with advantage. Parkour, parkour. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a two for a total of four. Whoa, five. All right. Uh, is that rope still there? <laughs> and as as I start across, I say, uh, I bet I could go across it faster. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, Kath, you step up to the beam and you start tiptoeing real quickly across the beam. And as you get about halfway across, a pot hits you in the side of the head and you tumble to the side into the pit. Kath! And you all hear him scream and fade. And then you hear it come back. Whoa! <laughs> uh, give me a dexterity save, Keth. 21. 21. All right. As you're falling and you've you've kind of moved yourself probably about 100 foot in this fall to like a skydiver position and spread out your legs, your face down, and your hands catch the beam. And it kind of swings you under and you hold on, but it does do some falling damage to you. That'll be 26 falling damage. Oh, fuck. It's a big fall. But you're now holding on to the beam. And I'll uh, try to pull myself up. Uh, give me an athletics check for that part. 24. All right. So you pull yourself up and you're kind of like monkey straddling the beam. 
which you feel a little bit more secure about in this way. Do you want to crawl this way, or do you want to stand back up onto the beam and continue walking it? Well, we can't do. Yeah, how bad is you, basically? Like, <laughs> I forgot about how bad is you. I'm gonna. Uh, it good. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stand back up. All right. <laughs> so give me a acrobatics check. Astra's at the other end. Like, come on, Kev. I'm like holding my hand out. Ten. All right. You get yourself, you know, up on the beam and you're balancing. Your legs are quivering. Like they're just shivering all over the place. You look, you feel, looking at you is terrifying for the the viewers. It's <laughs> so like there's uh, the, the marathon runners. They're like at the finish line and they just like can't. <laughs> yeah, your legs have become noodles. But you do find a balance and now you need to make your way to the ledge off the beam. So I will need another acrobatics. 19. And so you slowly this time, one foot in front of the other, not being able to see the beam, you you felt you feel hesitant, uh, but you make it across eventually. And I'm just gonna collapse as I get to the other side and scooch scooch like away from the pit. Oh, you <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I don't know if anyone has noticed, but during that whole like interaction, Doroth has backed up significantly. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians, are you okay, Kath? Well, I'm a little banged up, but I'm, I'm okay. I didn't like that. I don't like falling. Yeah, be more careful, bud. And I'm just going to kind of like sit on the ground with him for a second. <laughs> Kurgle, be careful. Oh, I can do this easy. <laughs> and she does. God wow. damn it. Parkour, parkour. She has a plus 11 acrobatics. Jesus <laughs> Some sea legs. <laughs> <laughs> and she, with ease, walks across this invisible beam, doesn't even look down at it, just has her hands out, doesn't touch the walls, just perfect balance, it's like just dances across the fucking beam as if it was like one of the mast, like the horizontal mast, the cells on a ship, just walking across it with ease before taking a swan dive into the ocean. It looks elegant and perfect. It's going to cross my arms and huff. <sighs> As she got a 27 on her acrobatics. Run up and push her off. (laughs) (laughs) Doroth, that leaves you on the other end. Uh, Doroth will walk up to the edge of the pit and like cock his leg back like he's about to start running and use Misty Step. All right. And just appear on the other side. And as the the, like smoke clears, just like brush my shirt off. Nice. And that's it. All right. So all of you have made it across the endless pit. That was beautiful, Kurgle. Oh, thanks. I tried really hard, especially after watching him fall. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Dorth does not laugh. I'm gonna kind of like <laughs> reluctantly like try to get Keth off the ground. Like, come on, get up. All right, fine. Let's keep going. Come on now. So after crossing the pit, you walk another 100 feet before you realize that it was dark down here, and the reason it was so hard for you to see, Felomir, not only were you know was Finch in the way, and but it, it's a very narrow hallway, and looking at that distance, it just seemed so small, you couldn't really tell what was going on. But as you get close, you realize that there is a stone door in front of you. Above the door is a stone sculpture of a closed eye. <laughs> Uh, Did I mention I hate this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to push the stone door open. All right, so you walk up to the door, Kath, and you just kind of push your shoulder into it. Doesn't budge. And I assume there is no handle or hinges? No handle, nor hinges. I'll put my mini mining mitt on and shine the light on the eyeball. 
Okay. You flick your wrist back with your mini mining mitt, and a beam of light shines at the eye, the closed eye, and nothing happens. Uh, it's magical. It I is assume? magical. Can I determine if it is password related like the other four doors? In a sense. In it a, is sort of password related. A different sense. Yes. Hmm. So I'm going to like really dig my heels in and just shut my eyes as I'm pushing on the door. Okay. Does that do anything? So you close your eyes as you push against the door. <laughs> it won't budge. Keth, I don't think that's how we open it. Oh, well, how do we open it? Yeah, I can't pick a lock that doesn't exist. The only thing is it's a stone door with a closed eyeball above it, right? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Motherfucker. What? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we all close our eyes and then Keth can try again. It's just crazy enough to work, Finch. <laughs> all right, I'm closing mine. <laughs> I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> close my eyes. Yeah, okay. Doris, you gotta close your eyes, too. You've gotta be kidding me. Unless you got a better idea. Then closing my eyes on that? Yeah. Dorth backs up significantly again and closes his eyes. But my ears are open. And I'll close my eyes and dig my heels in again and try to push even harder. All right. You close your eyes, Keth, as the final one. And as you push against the stone, you feel it moving down as all of you hear the stone creaking against stone. And you quickly open your eyes and see the stone lowering into the ground. I'll get like a really exciting expression on my face. I'll look at Finch and say, that worked! <laughs> I'll open my eyes. Oh, my God! Yeah, I think the Guardians, I was about to start talking to this eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Dorth just exhales in relief. And as this door lowers into the ground, you see in the distance, roughly a hundred feet away, a light shining down from above. It shines down and illuminates a small area with a pedestal in the center. On top of the pedestal is a pulsing blue orb. It pulses with the light at the same time as the pulsing of the light from the green, red, and black orbs in your sack, Finch. But on the floor, Next to the pedestal, you see four people that lie dead on the ground. Is that what I think it is? I think it may be. We did it. That, that's it. That's it. Uh, wait, wait, who is that? And I'll see if I can see who the dead are. They don't look familiar to you. Do Are they wearing robes? Like acolyte robes? No. All different attire. We're also 100 feet away, right? Yeah. Let's, let's go grab it. Hold on, guys. This... This could be a trap. You heard the voice of Vorin in your head. And what did it say? So close. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so close. So, so, so very much probably a trap. But it's also there. And how else are we going to get there? And we also came here for that, did we not? Kind of like put a toe through the doorway. <laughs> like across the stone? Yeah, you know, like, uh, it's sure. It's just regular ground, huh? Yeah, it's just a stone path and the stone door that's probably like a foot thick. Yeah. Uh, just sank into the ground. Just make sure like no cobblestones like indent when I test oh, the okay. footing or whatever. Or... Um, so yeah, you kind of step around on some stones. Uh, they're probably like foot by foot stones. Um, and you step on one or two and none of them seem to sink in or anything like that. I'm going to move my entire body through the doorway. Okay, so you move through. Um, How far away is the orb? About 100 feet away. How about we stay here and you just go get it since you're the one that can touch them. Guys, I don't trust this. I'd Finch, I'll, I'll 
walk a little bit closer to you. Maybe I can grab it with my mage hand. I just, I feel like this is a trap and I'm going to start looking around like hectically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just bookcases or at this point past the stone door, it's actually stone walls and stone ceiling. Um, so it's like a five by 10 rectangular hallway. Uh, and the, the four bodies we see, they are how roughly how far away from the pedestal? They're around it. Uh, so the light that's kind of illuminating down, it's, the, it seems wherever this pedestal is, is maybe an open room. Um, so it looks like in the distance it does open up slightly? Yes. Okay. So they're all at the base of the pedestal? Yes. Could we assume that they touched the orbs and died? I would assume My that. assumption, yeah, yeah. I would assume that they made it down this hallway with no problem and then got down there and touched the orb and died. That's what looks like happened to me. Can I see, like, from this distance, like, when you say bodies, are they, like, decomposed bodies? Are they skeletons? They're not as decomposed as some of the bodies you've seen. They're not skeletons. Uh, well, they, they look like rather fresh bodies. Not Certainly not like the ones outside. Uh, and I'll squint a little bit. Maybe a week or so that they've been here, judging from this distance, of course. Who else would be trying to reach the blue orb other than us and, you know, Thorin and his people? Maybe those are some of his people. You saw that creature. They've definitely been here. Take another step forward. All right. So you take another step forward. No problem. Just going to kind of look around at everyone and just... Who's holding the Book of Vorin right now? Uh, I imagine it's still in my mage hand. Okay. It's hovering directly above my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to like just slowly, cautiously, trying to keep you know, my eyes everywhere, start to make my way down this little corridor. Okay. So you start, Finch starts approaching. I will closely follow him. Dorth, I imagine you're staying behind. Stay in. Velomir and Keth. Kirkle looks at you with curiosity. Should should we stay back? Uh, I don't know if I want to get close. I think someone should stay here at least. I'll stay with Doris. Well, I guess we should go. All right. Unless you would like to stay. Remember what I said about being reckless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll I'll stay here with Doris. (laughs) 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 That's like everything you was trying to not have happen this whole episode. (laughs) All right. And I'll proceed. All right, so Felomir starts to old man catch up to Finch and Astra. Uh, Kurgle looks to you, Kath. Hey, do you want me to go? I guess I can go with him. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. You can sit here with us, and I'll just kind of sit down. I guess three and three seems reasonable. I'll sit down with you. I just picture us, like, sitting on either side of a very annoyed-looking Doran. <laughs> That's exactly what I pictured. <laughs> hey, you want some more of the sap candy? Oh, yeah, it was really good. (laughs) Finch, Astra, Felomir, you inch little by little closer to the blue orb. You get roughly 20 feet away, and then something catches your eye as you are making a step. You look down, and there's a dark shadow covering the stone flooring, the wall, and the ceiling of this hall. And it it's hard to kind of adjust your eyes to it, because you can see 
the light illuminating down onto the pedestal in the orb, which, which seems only 20 feet away. But then you push your hand forward, and it's that same familiar dark wall doorway as your hand passes into darkness. That same darkness that was in the Temple of Hanet. Great. More darkness. <sighs> I'll maybe kind of want to just like step in like maybe half my body to try and like I just want to step in and lift like the flap over my orbs to see if that radiates any light and then step back out okay so you kind of stick your hip in with the orbs and see if the pulsing um, illuminates the darkness and it does not but as you do look at the pulsing it seems where it was happening every like three times a second now or whatever or every second now it's like every half a second now oh step back out I can't see anything but these things are really going at it now. Uh, here, try this. And I'll uh, take the key of Kilnar off my neck and give it to him. Okay. Put it around my neck and try and step through again. So as you stick your face into the darkness with the key of Kilnar, Finch, what is your greatest fear? Probably somehow losing the orbs and probably the end of Asus being all my fault or something. Immediately, you hear horrific sounds of people all over Asus dying. You see this the sky down view of the land just being wrought and destroyed. Magma spewing out from underneath the land. Water flooding areas. And as you look up to the sky you see Velmir holding all four orbs as he shoots down arcane blast onto the ground destroying Asus. Give me a wisdom save with disadvantage. 10. You pull back. And as soon as you have that, that second thought moving forward, you just appear out of the darkness in the hallway. You remember everything that happened inside. You remember how it just kind of infested your mind and put this terrible vision in front of you. And it feels like almost because you could see it, it made it worse. Uh, I'll be like just ghostly white and pale. Um, what what happened? Could you see? I don't know exactly what I saw. I saw Velmir with the orbs. I saw Asus and flames. I, I don't know what just happened. Uh, did we? Can we? Is there like a visibility difference for us? Like when he went in at all? Whenever he went in, no, it didn't illuminate or anything for you. Um, it, it, just, it was still just a wall of was, darkness? Yeah. Okay. Well, it must be some sort of illusion or something. You, you know you know that's not true. You have the orbs right there. I mean, but it could be true, right? I, heard, I mean, I'm trying to get myself back to reality a little bit. Yeah, as he says that, it kind of breaks in for you, and it re you realize that, yes, it was just an illusion, and your mind kind of settles, and, you know, you, you have the orbs. It's... It, it doesn't appear to be, like, an actual thing. Yeah. It's just straight up digging into your mind. Okay, so it's something to do with fear. Um, Got to over, overcome fear. Take a deep breath and step back in. With the Gia Kilnar? Yep. All right. Uh, the same scene again. Give me a wisdom save with disadvantage. Seven. So as you're inside and you're seeing this this turn of events again you realize that this is just like you don't even remember that's an illusion 
Like it, it's fresh again in your mind that this is this is reality. This is actually happening. And as soon as you have a second thought of taking another forward step, you come out of the darkness. Do I recognize when I'm out this time what just happened though? Yeah, like, and as soon as you get out, you realize again, fuck, that was not reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And I'll just kind of come out and, yeah. What, what, what? It was, it was the same thing. It was the same thing again. I, I can't take more than a step. And I'll just like in frustration, like I don't know, back away for a second, maybe take the Kilnar off. Like, you want to try? Extend it out towards him. Sure. Well, y'all, you guys be careful. Obviously, this is some strong illusion magic, and I'm still worried about all of this being a trap. I mean, we've come this far. We can't stop now. Uh, how far away uh, from here is the pedestal? It feels like 20 feet. Okay. Before Felomir gets anywhere near that portal, I am taking that, uh, taking my mage hand and grabbing the Book of Vorin. Oh, I was going to leave it here. I mean, it's only 20 feet, right? If you insist. Oh, sure. I just didn't know if you would, um, depending on what happens in there, if you'd be able to hold on to it. So it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah, being I'll, cautious. I'll pass it off. <laughs> okay. So now Astra's holding it with Mage Hand. So, Felomir, you're stepping in with the key of Kilnar? Uh, you said you gave it back to me, right? Yeah. Then yeah, I'd put it back on. Okay. So you put it back on, and you step inside. Felomir, what is your greatest fear? I have no fucking idea. Not dying. Not dying. That's cool. <laughs> Being called stupid. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in a classroom wearing like tiny shorts being laughed at with a dunce hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in slow motion. Uh, you're not going to do that, are you? Maybe. I mean, you have to tell me what he your doesn't, character's He can't read is. or he's mute and blind or something. Like, I don't know your greatest fear. This have, is character development. I don't have one. I'm not afraid of anything. Everyone's afraid of something. Not Philomena. Be afraid of losing. What's your flaw? You can't resist a good mystery. Being stupid and lacking knowledge. I mean, if that's what you want it to be, I'll go with it. That's my yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. Something okay. of the sort. All right. As you step inside, you see a face you haven't seen in a long time. You see Chismism. He looks at you and says, "Stupid warlock." <laughs> You don't know nothing. You didn't haven't done any actual studying, you know. I'm the smartest one. You are the dumb one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give me a wisdom save. Disadvantage? With or. disadvantage because you can see his face. Eleven. You actually hold fast. I am not stupid, Chismrism. You're the stupid one, and I take a step forward. And as you move forward, the scene changes. You see that tree. You see your friend, Aaron. And he looks at you and says, You always held up by my back. Always the stupid one. That's why I was the one that was making the shard. Using your recipe and you got me killed. Give me a wisdom save. Ten. This one hurt. This one hit emotionally. And you stutter in your step. You find yourself back in the hallway. Uh, uh, uh. Are, are you all right? It's just as you said, Finch. I saw Asus getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it was my worst nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a powerful illusion. For sure. What's going on back there? Yeah, y'all keep going in and then coming back. We'll just go get it. It's illusion. <laughs> oh, it's, it's illusion. 
Lusion? Who? <laughs> I don't think I've met Lusion yet. Lusion magic. Oh, it's an L. They're being fucked with. Oh. They're over there being fucked with. Oh. <laughs> oh, like how you fuck with me and then I fuck with you? Well, c- kind of, except we're not magic. Oh, okay. And I'm just going to get frustrated and I'm just going to kind of like clench my fists and maybe close my eyes and power walk. Before Finch goes through, I'll um, bless up to three creatures being me, Felomir, and Finch. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Finch, you step inside. This time you don't see it happening. This time you just hear it. And because you don't have that vertigo of being in the sky and you can feel the solid ground beneath you, you just trek forward. Give me a wisdom save as you hear Velmir's cackle in the background. Okay, and this is still with disadvantage, but also get the forward to... No disadvantage because you can't, you're can't. you not seeing it. You're oblivious gotcha, to it. Gotcha, gotcha. 20. You move forward and the cackling of Velmir in the distance fades away. But then you hear High Captain Gate. He speaks down to you and says, You've failed us, Finch. You've brought nothing but destruction to this land by chasing these orbs. You not only murdered my son, but you have also destroyed and murdered every citizen of Asus. I hope you go to Exodus. No! Give me a wisdom save. 24. You move forward. This time, the scene changes again. You hear in your head the voice of Heltrone. You are last hope, Finch. No air, no blood to move on. Asus will fall because you couldn't do the simple task finding these orbs. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. Give me another wisdom save. 24. My man. <laughs> you pop into the light. Velomir, Astra, Keth, Doroth, you all see Finch on the other side of this darkness. Finch, you turn back and look at them. They're not 20 feet away. They're 200 feet away. You can't hear anything. It's just a dull sound. No sound bouncing around. You can hear your breathing. It is so quiet. And then you look down at these four bodies. One, one is a red-skinned tiefling wearing a black trench coat. You look at his body and all you can kind of see is like a, a burn mark on his fingertips, kind of charred. His horns are held back a little bit and he has an afro in between the horns, a pretty large one. And then you see this half-orc with really uh, less than mundane clothing patchworked, uh, kilt, pockets filled with tons of trash. His, his backpack even is like fallen over and just trash has fallen out of it. Then there's this dwarven woman that is dressed pretty fancy. She has a black frock with pink trim and a matching hat, high-heeled boots with the fur, <laughs> <laughs> and a lengthy great axe to her side. And then the fourth is a fleshy, almost translucent skin tiefling in theater clothing, a leotard and tights with ballet shoes. Give me an investigation check real quick. 
crit miss. You glance over them getting those descriptions, but then immediately just kind of put your eyes back on the orb. And as you're looking at the orb, you notice that around the pedestal, there's actually a writing. What languages do you know? Common, deep speech, high speech, sylvan, these can't. You unfortunately cannot read this writing. Felomir, as you're watching this from a distance and he, you see him kind of start walking around the pedestal, looking at it at the top edge of it, and you can see that there is some sort of writing. Give me a perception check from this 20-foot distance. 16. From here, you can actually read some of this. It's in Celestial. The part that you can read says, The orbs are safe, but an orb disco... Wait, what? (laughs) Say that again? (laughs) What did you say? Pardon? The part that you can read says... Oh, okay. The orbs are safe, (laughs) but an orb disco. I'm just going to mutter to myself as I'm squinting down the hallway. Orb disco. (laughs) I actually referred to the blinking orbs as the disco earlier. (laughs) Yes. Finch was right. Mm. (laughs) Let's get this party started. What do you do, Finch? I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of interested to look up because you said there was light beaming down. Just as just some magical light or some shit. Yeah, it seems to just be like a magical light coming down from a very high distance in a beam-like fashion. And I can't see anything else around me except for them and then the dead people around me. Yep. Well, I guess I'm gonna do what I came here to do. I'm gonna take a deep breath, and I will say to myself, "I am the bloodline of Heltra." I'll reach out for the orb. You reach out for the orb. As you touch the orb, the orb pulls you inside of it. In free fall, you twist your body to look up and see the glass of the orb trailing behind you further and further away as if you shrunk and were teleported inside of it. A bright swirling of lights surrounds you. Pink, blue, purple, and green lights getting brighter and brighter. You try to hold in the contents of your stomach but you could feel it pushing up your throat as you ragdoll around during this free fall. And then these colors of light start to blend and mix and get brighter. White light begins to blind you. You can feel the arcane energy of this process begin to compress your body. And then all of a sudden, you hit a pile of loose, hot sand. It wasn't a soft fall either. It still hurt. And as your cold body adjusts to this hot environment, you can feel a blistering sun on any skin that is exposed within your winter climbing gear. You are in the middle of a desert, nothing to be seen on the horizon. Deidre, Steven, Radams, and Rytom. I need each of you to make new characters. <laughs> well, right, Tom's done. Yeah, he's out of here, man. <laughs> Good to see you today, dude. I'm so glad you made it here safe. Yeah, just let me know when you put the next episode yeah. in Dropbox. So. <laughs> let's go back to I'll just start full-time editing because I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I'm not doing this shit. that'll be the end of the episode
But as you wonder, uh, as you move closer to this large circular death, the no. Give me initiatives. March towards your death. Or it might be on one shelf. We just don't know which one. Or maybe, maybe they have like a room that they lock on the. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> maybe they lock on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, course, I agree. Maybe they lock on the room. <laughs> maybe they have a room where they lock all the imported books up. It would be cool if the card itself was magical. Like, yeah, I was like, maybe it's like a losery script or something. <laughs> That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Uh, we, I got a flask of ichor we could pour on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe some words with it beer. So we think it's in some sort of restricted section, and we're going to go find it. It's like just nudie magazines and the Book of Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a nice uh, bead curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what check again? Oh, wisdom save. Eleven. All right. You again. <laughs> Sorry, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? All right. So two topaz in a root in a ruby. Yes. Use me as an offering. Fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sacrifice himself. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> it's the only way. Anyways, um, I'll stop Snake from getting that stone or not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Why um, isn't that Astra's voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's retcon the whole podcast. 